word of God and our tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. So when we declare hallelujah, it's just like writing that thing down in ink on a, or a tattoo on your skin. When we speak the word of God, it is deep. Yeah. It penetrates, hallelujah. Meaning it's going to be there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not just for everybody else to see, but as a reminder to you about the promise that God has made to us. And the promises that we have in him are through grace. Hallelujah. There's no more working back. There, there are works of the law and there's works of faith. And to piggyback, and I was joking with um, Elder David, I said, you know, when we come up, so it's like wrestling, we come to the corner and just tag team. Because we need to know, hallelujah, how to get things done. How to get things done. I am tired of seeing the, the, just the body of Christ in the process of, in the process of, just in the process of, circling the wagon, in the process. What are you doing? What are you standing for? What are you, what, what, what are you doing? And all the telling is, I'm, I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm standing. I'm in the process. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. No, 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 no. You are doing it all wrong. Yeah. And we actually had this conversation a little bit on Father's Day, and, um, you know, I was just saying how I am tired of seeing the saints of God have, you know, hit and miss manifestation. Yeah. I'm tired of seeing it. That's right. This is done, but this one isn't. Why? Same God, same word. This was answered, that one wasn't. It wasn't that it wasn't answered. There was, clearly, there is a problem with the receiver. What's up? Because yes. God is perfect. Yes, he is. So if, if we know perfection is on his end, we need to start backing it up. Okay, so what is it that I'm not doing so that I can receive what he's already made available to me? Second Peter 1, 3, God has already made everything available to us. Yes. He's given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. Everything yes. means everything. Right. Everything means everything. It's yes. got to be all. It's religion that gets us all jacked up and makes exceptions and rules and things like If all is all, nothing is left out. If all is all, and it is, then nothing is left out. That used to be the commercial for all, which I don't use. But anyway, about the laundry detergent, it was said all. It's got all the spot out. Everything, all the way. It said all, right? There's nothing left out. Meaning, once you washed it, should have been nothing left. Meaning that in the word of God, yes. because the blood of Jesus fell yes. the way it did. Yes. And the song we used to sing, he suffered, bled, and he died, but he rose. So that's the other part of the song they didn't have. And, and but he rose. And when he rose, because that's another song we used to sing, he rose. But when he rose, he rose, hallelujah, and in his rising was our deliverance. Hallelujah. In his rising was our healing. In his rising was our wholeness. In his rising was our soundness, our nothing broken, nothing missing. Because of the works of the cross. Because of the works of the cross. So we talked about rest, and and we're going to do a little review, preview, back and forth again. But you are definitely going to know how to get, get it done. How to get it done. I've had enough and I'm over it. You know, when I say I'm done, like I'm over it, I'm over it. Because you know what? The best part, and we'll get to that, Jesus is seated on the right hand. And where you're sitting right now, it's called called rest. It's called rest. And so, as he is in this world, so are we. So, if he's seated on the right hand, then we're seated on the right hand. And if he's resting, then we need to rest. That's right. 
I couldn't get the message, the title of this message for anything in the world. I wrote down everything that I could, I had like a hundred things on there and I'm like, I can't give Deacon Lenny this. He's gonna think I've lost my mind. So I was like, you know what? We're gonna go with this and we were just gonna pray over it. <laughs> but the bottom line is faith does not negotiate. Faith does not negotiate. Faith gets the job done. How do we know? Scripture is very clear. God is no respect of persons. So faith does not negotiate. It's not a hostage situation. Faith doesn't negotiate. So now when we're talking about rest, it's a reclining position. And just the parallels in the Bible to understand, and I want you real quick to go to John. We'll do six and nine. I apologize, media, because I'm pretty positive I didn't give that to you. <laughs> Six, nine, and ten. And in this, we're just, just, just information. Well, 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 find my scripture. All right, Mita, help me out. Okay. <laughs> and this is about the, the, the lad with his, uh, we call the two-piece fish dinner. Anyway, so there is a lad here which had five barley loaves and two small fishes. And this is what the disciples were saying, but, like, but what is it among so many? You've got to understand, it was a minimum of, a minimum, <laughs> minimum of, of 5,000 men. It doesn't mention their wives, and it doesn't mention their children. So we're looking at somewhere between hmm, probably 10 or 15,000 people for, this, for, for my man's um, two-piece fish dinner. So clearly, looking at it, that, that's not enough. Popeye's doesn't have enough. The ocean at that point probably didn't have enough for all those people. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. He said, make them sit down. What did he tell them to do? He told them to rest. He told them to rest. So now, sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down. And the number about 5,000, we talked about that. 11, I think that's the next one. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, and when he had given thanks, this is what he kept his eye on. He kept his eye on provision, not what he had already. And Lord, I thank you. How many times does that bank account not look like it's supposed to? Your job is not to complain. Lord, I need 1,200, but I only got 1,000. No, Lord, thank you that I have the 1,000. And I know whatever else I need, you've already made a way for me. Lord, I thank you. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, and when he had given thanks, he had distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down. So, first of all, he fed his posse. That's a minimum of 12, two pieces, and the loaves. Okay, so they ate, and the disciples went and distributed to them that were sitting down. So, like I said, that's a minimum of 5,000, probably a good 15, give or take a few thousand. And likewise of the fishes as much as they would. So not only did he tell them, like, he didn't tell them, you know, you get a lick of the bread and you can sniff the fish. He didn't say anything like that. It says that they ate as much as fishes as much as they would, meaning they were fat and greasy. You know how it is when you get a good meal and you ate so much that now you're sleepy and you're tired because you ate as much as you would, as much as your stomach will allow you to contain and then maybe a little bit more. How is that possible? How did, how did that miracle happen? 
He needed them first to rest. He needed them to rest. And once they got in the reclining position, they were resting, and then they gave thanks. And then they gave thanks. And then thereafter, the miracle occurred. The deliverance occurred. The provision showed up after they were in a place of rest. It's about the reclining. It's about the reclining. Now, you know, Elder D was talking about, of course, the children of Israel, they jacked it up. They they, they stepped in it. Um, Just God had already given them everything that they needed, told them where they were going. Pretty much, you know, this may be a, you know, two-week journey, died out, rotten, in the desert, no air conditioning, manna that they couldn't keep, even though they had manna. Um, But it angered him so much. It angered God, and it provoked him to anger. Because, I mean, if you read a little further on the scripture, it's in Numbers 13, 1 through 33, avail yourself whenever you have the time, and Numbers 14, 6 through 9, they began to murmur. Now, here's the thing that is mind-blowing to everybody, you know, the puff of smoke blowing of the mind. First of all, the spies were sent. Go check out the land, see what's going on. Ten had it jacked up, two were right. My boys, Joshua and Caleb, yes. home slices. They got it all right. They were ready. They were ready for the battle. They're like, mm-mm, we're not going down like this. I don't care who's in the land. I don't care who's in that spot. I don't care who's in that house. I don't care who's in that job. Doesn't make me a difference. I'm going. Yes. That's right. I'm going. That's right. Two said yes, ten said no. Fine. They had already had a way. They didn't know how big they really were. It was the giants who were afraid of them. Pastor says every time the close of service that there's a a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The giants saw that, that there was a pillar of fire over people near them. They were afraid of the children of Israel. They were afraid because they didn't have protection like that. They could have walked up in there and slapped their faces right off their skulls. There was nothing they could do about it because there was provision already. But what they said, they tattooed something on themselves that they shouldn't have. In their eyes, we are like grasshoppers. They wrote something they weren't supposed to write on their heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. Let's go to 1 Peter 1 and 7, and I'm all out of sync, but media, if you can get that for me, that'd be great. (laughs) 1 Peter 1 and 7. When it's time for manifestation, you need to get it together. First of all, you need to know, and we already know, God has given us everything that pertains into life and godliness. It is through grace. It It is not through the works of the law, and that, yes, we absolutely must labor to enter into the rest. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Can we go to 13, please? And this is good, because you need to understand where you are when the fight comes, because the fight's going to come. The devil's not at all, he's not at all happy when you hear the word. So understand it's coming. 
Me too, I understand that. But when he comes, I'm ready. Bring it. And we were laughing yesterday. Emperor's New Groove, my favorite part. And they're going over the waterfall. He's like, bring it on. That's right, he doesn't care. He's, he wrapped up around a piece of wood. You know, he's like, don't tell me, is there a waterfall? Yep. <laughs> he said, sharp rocks below? Most likely, bring it on. <laughs> you know what, bring it on. It's okay, because we've got what we need. God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. All right, wherefore, gird up, your, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. This is serious. Gird up the loins of your mind. Now, this is what happens. When you harden your heart, they're not talking about being nasty to each other. That, we, that's something different. But when you harden your heart, what you harden your heart to is what you don't give enough attention to. So when you have a hardened heart with regard to the word of God, you have not given the word of God enough attention. You've been giving the problem all the attention. So you're sensitive to the problem and you're hardened to the word. That's a no bueno. Should be the other way around. You should be sensitive to the word so that God can continue to cooperate with you, to work with you, confirming the word with signs following. That's Mark 16 and 20. That's where we're trying to get to. But when you allow the problem, the situation, the sickness, the disease, the letter, the, the backbiting, the talking, the nonsense, all that gets you all bound up, what you have had a lack of is a girdle on your mind, braces on your brains. You are missing that. And what they're telling you, is the scripture saying right here, gird up the loins of your mind. Stop thinking about the foolishness. What are you doing? He's saying, focus, Panda, focus. Focus on the word. Be sober. Stop being intoxicated. Listen to the news reports. Listening to everybody else. Everybody's thing. Going on the internet. You know, I saw this disease and they said there's no cure for it. Stop it. That's intoxicated thinking. When you think against the word of God, yes. you are intoxicated. They said, be sober. That's what it says. Another translation says, be vigilant. Meaning don't sit around and let everything come across your brain. Don't sit around and listen to every conversation. There are times, and you will see in the Bible, we'll probably go over this next week, when, uh, was it J.R.? Somebody's daughter was sick, and everybody was crying and snotting, and the child was dead or almost dead. And um, they're like, what are you doing? What are you talking to the master, this, that, and the third? You know what? What are you doing? She's dead or just about. And he looked at him, he said, put him out. He said, put them out. Why did he tell them to put them out? Because he knows what it is to make sure that they have a sober mind on the word of God and the word of God only. If people are talking against you, hey, look, I don't know what's happening. You know, I heard somebody's sister's brother's nephew, niece's cousin on the third side had that and they didn't make it. You know what? Mm -mm, no, put them out. Out. Hang up the phone. Do not talk to them. Don't take a text message, uh, uh, Instagram, or anything else. They are not your master. They have not given you provision. But God, through grace, has given you the healing that you need on this day before you knew that you were going to need it. Keep your mind sober. Be vigilant. And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you through this revelation. What fills this church? Our church, Rainbow Life Fellowship Church, is a revelation of the Word of God. Right. We mean business and we mean every bit of it. When we get up, everybody should be nervous because we are taking what we're supposed to have through the finished works of the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Be mindful. Be vigilant. Yes. That's right. And here's the thing. As you are using the Word of God, 
faith does not negotiate. Faith doesn't negotiate. Meaning, when you use the word of God, it must change. Now, I haven't even gotten into this. We'll get into this next week. But we know that we all have five senses. But you have a sixth sense, which is faith. Your sixth sense is faith. Why is that important? Why was it important to Peter when he went and stepped out on the underwater when Jesus told him to? When he told him to? And he did it? He had, it didn't look like, you know, the scripture says, you know, oh, ye have little faith. No, he had a short burst of faith. Yes. Uh, let me see you get out there in your swimming pool. We'll be there. That's right. Let me see you walking. That's right. Let me, let me, sitting there with some proper light. He ain't going to make it. Mm-mm. No, he got out there. He got out there. But what he had an attack of was his five senses. He had an attack of his five senses, and he took his focus off of Jesus. He took his focus off of the spoken word, the rhema word. He took his focus off of what was told to him by the master. What he had to get out there, even though the wind was going, water was raging, he used his sixth sense to get out there. He used the sixth sense. So when the enemy comes to you after you make your stand, because look, I know we're going to leave here high today. We're like, yep, I'm going to kick me some devil's tail. I'm going to do this. I'm going to open up a can of whoop. I'm going to do this, that, and the third. And you're going to be ready for it. And somebody's going to say something to you tomorrow. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you may not even make it to tomorrow. I'll probably be like an hour from now. Like, didn't that chick stay? <laughs> and what you do is, because what, what's going to happen? It's the same thing that happens to everybody. It's an attack of the five senses. But understand, you have a sixth sense working for you all the time, hallelujah, that will override those five senses. The sixth sense will override the five. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by what it feels like, what it sounds like, the letter in the mail, how we feel inside. You said, know what? You know what? I'm healed. I know I am. I know the word says by his stripes I'm healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet down to the marrow and the sinew of my bones. And you will get a pain like something you have never felt before in your life. What you going to do? Situations arise. You've got a moment right there. I always talk about movie references because y'all don't understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's like the Matrix. Yes. You got a blue pill and this pill. I forget what the other color was. Y'all remind me later. Anyway, <laughs> you've got a decision. Yes. That's your point. Yes. Are you going to give it a faith response? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to give it a sense response? Mm-hmm. That's your choice. Mm-hmm. Faith response, sense response. I like that. Bottom line is God still wants us to remain in his rest. He wants us to remain in his, le- in his rest. Hebrews 4 and 11 says, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. He doesn't want that for us. Right. He doesn't want that for us. Hebrews 4 and 1 in the Amplified says, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still holds, yes. it's still there. Yes. Even though the children of Israel messed up, they had a way out and they didn't take it. 
But right here in Hebrews New Testament, it tells us, Hebrews 4, 11 and Amplified, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still holds and is offered today, yes. today, yes. right now, it's still here. Yes. You still have rest. You yes. still got time to get it right. Yes. And please just must know, I don't care what has happened in your life, how many times you've jacked it up, messed it up, we all have. There's never a situation that we haven't messed up. Uh-uh. But the best part, because we are now free from condemnation, hallelujah, is we still have a way out. Because God knew you were going to make that stupid choice. He knew you were going to make that dumb decision. He knew you were going to go left when you were supposed to go right. And he still made a way. He still made a way. What the enemy tries to do is talk you out of the way that God has already made. And I'm going to say this and it's going to sound radical and you may jump and whatever. But at the end of the day, the scriptures, and when we say take the word of God and read, the word of God is for your benefit. That's right. God knows the word. First John, I mean John 1, excuse me. In the beginning was the word, where was God, where was with God. He is the word, period. So it's not for his benefit. He said he's given us everything that pertains into life and godliness. My delicious scripture I shared <laughs> this weekend is Psalm 69 and 4. I restored that which I did not take away. So anything that's missing from your life, God didn't take it from you. But Jesus said he restored it. <laughs> he restored that which he did not take away. So I don't know what's missing. I don't know what's lacking. But he's telling you already in the Old Testament, I restored that which I did not take away. He restored it. Already done. He restored it. He restored it. Hear me, pain? He restored me. Hear me, bank accounts? He restored me. Hear me, job? He restored me. He restored me. Missing home? He restored me. He restored that which he did not take away. He made provision for you already. The devil's trying to talk you out of what you have. Now, let me tell you something. This is so clear and so true. If you came to church with a title deed in your hand of a car that you have, now you've driven that car, you've waxed that car, you slow rolled in that car, turned the curb nice and neat. Now, and I can, that's right, Pastor, oh yeah. And I'll tell you about that later. And so, yeah. And so you've got the title deed in your pocket. And I come up to you and say, you know what, that ain't your car. You don't have that car. That is not your car. What are you talking about? I know you don't have the car. You would think I bumped my head or been hit or not hit, or, or been hit enough or something. You think I lost my mind because you know you have that car. Right. You know you drove that car. Right. You've got a title deed to that car. Well, guess what? The devil is doing that to every saint of God every day, talking people out of their title deed. Yeah. The word of God is your title deed. Yeah. Hebrews 11 and 1. Let's go. Right. Hebrews 11 and 1. Well, before we go there, Romans 10 and 17, and we did it this morning. Sorry, media. I love you. Romans 17. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Why this is important. It's so important. Hate you now. So then faith cometh. What cometh? Faith cometh. You need the faith. Faith cometh. By hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And hearing by the word of God. And hearing by the word of God. Yes. And hearing by the word of God. Yes. Okay. So let's go to Hebrews 11 and 1. We're going to come back here. 
Yep. Faith comes by hearing. Grace has made everything available to us. Grace has made everything that is available to, that's been made available to us. That's healing, wholeness, soundness, everything. It's already done. And we're going to get to Ephesians 2 and 8 in a minute. We're going to do this first. But in order to get what grace has made available, you need faith. Grace makes, faith takes. Grace makes, faith takes. So when you get into that word of God, you're not getting the word of God to make God move. He's obviously already moved. Jesus is sitting on the right hand. Chilling. Resting. If he's sitting and he's resting, it's already done. He's sitting and resting. It's already done. Already done. So that means that we need to find a way to get what grace has already made available. All right, so now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We just got finished by talking about faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes by hearing. The word of God. Faith and the word of God. So it's easy to kind of put them in the same spot. Go ahead and put it where it's supposed to be. Okay. Can we go back to Romans 10 and 17 and Amplified. And when I saw this, I said, yes, sir, yes, sir. This is what I'm talking about. (laughs) And when it comes, it's very, okay. So faith comes by hearing what is told and what is heard comes by preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. He proclaimed everything that we were gonna need. Hebrews 11 and 1 in the Amplified, please. So faith comes by the word. Faith comes by the word. Faith comes by the word. Now, the word of God is the assurance. Now, the word of God is the assurance. The word of God is the confirmation. The word of God is the title deed. The word of God. The promise, the scripture, the word of God is the assurance. The word of God is the confirmation. The word of God is the title deed. Do you understand? So if I'm the enemy, I'm going to make sure that you don't get what? The word of God. I'm going to make sure you don't get the word of God. As if I distract you, I make you angry, I annoy you, somebody cut you off, you want to flip them the bird, but you don't. I'm going to do something that's going to break your concentration, keep you out of the word. I'm going to keep you busy, working 2011 jobs, you know, a thousand kids, everybody's sick, something's going on. My job would be to get you away from the word. Because the word is your assurance. The word is your confirmation that healing exists. The word, hallelujah, is the title deed that you have what you have, hallelujah, that you have deliverance, that you have wholeness, that you have soundness, that you have restoration, hallelujah. The word, the title deed of the things we hope for. And the word is the proof. Do you hear me? The word is the proof of things that we do not see. We're back to those senses again. 
The word is the proof of what you don't see. The word is the proof of what you, of what you don't feel right, right now. It doesn't matter about how you feel. The word, hallelujah. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's the word. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The word of God is the proof of things that we do not see and the conviction of their reality. That's how you get it from the spiritual realm to the physical realm. That's how you get it. It's the word of God. And that again, faith, the word of God, perceiving as a real fact what is not revealed to those senses, to those senses. When we pray, we are praying to align ourselves with the word of God so that we have sober thinking. When we fast, we fast for, I've been, we don't fast to make God move. Child, we're going to say a thousand prayers. We're going to bring heaven down because we're trying to get God to move. And he is sitting there with his legs crossed like the pastor because it's already done. Yes, right. You trying to get him to get up off, he said, mm-mm, I'm not getting up because I've already done it. Why should I? It's done already. When you say your 90,000 confessions, it's to get you right, to align your brain with what God has already provided for you. I'm not saying don't do that because that's the labor. That's how you labor to enter into the rest. So when the situation comes, you grab that word of God to put you back in line so that you can receive. So now that your faith takes what grace has already made, put yourself back in alignment. Hallelujah. You do that with the word of God. So if you want to go ahead and speak in tongues, because that is the rest. Hallelujah. That is the refreshing. When you go ahead and you are Speaking, hallelujah, in your prayer language, what you are saying is, God, I trust you. I know it is already done, and I'm aligning myself so that I can receive from you because I know it's already done. Hallelujah. It's already mine. I am healed. I am prospered. I am delivered. Hallelujah. It is already mine. So when I use the word of God, when I spend that time, when I meditate on the word day and night, I'm not getting God to move. What I'm doing is aligning myself so that I can receive what he has already made available to me so that I can labor to enter into the rest. So that when the situation comes and the opposition will come, you know how to deal with it. You know where to tell it to go (laughs) and what to tell it to do. More importantly, how to stand in your faith, the faith of God. And we're gonna get into that scripture. I live by the faith of the son of God. Because I've always heard it, I'm like, well, if you wait always on my faith, then dude, it ain't going to happen because something's going to happen or it's not going to be perfect. Amen. But we've got a scripture for that. We live by the faith of the Son of God, and we're going to get into that next week. That's good. And understanding his faith is perfect. Right. His faith is perfect. So no worries. You're already prepared. He knew you're going to jack up something and then doubt yourself. No worries. We live by the faith of the Son of God. Yeah. Faith that takes possession of what God's grace has made available to us is the rest. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.